big week on the Cyclone Family Podcast because we are celebrating a Cyhawk victory for the first time in too long. But we're not going to get into that. That is in the past. In the present, Iowa State are the current rivalry game champs. I am, of course, Jamie Steyer Johnson. As always, I am joined by my brother, the biggest Cyclone fan I know, Eric Steyer. Eric Thank you for being here a little bit later than usual, celebrating our dad's birthday, but glad to be here and talking about this game with you. Yep. It's a great weekend. Yeah. You can definitely say that again, because it's a win. You know, we talked last week, uh, likelihood of it being pretty, very low. And that was indeed the case. I mean, it played out pretty much just exactly how anybody would expect it to. Yeah, if you know anything about these teams, the way this series goes, like there was really only way, only one way that this game would happen, and it's an ugly one. But you know what? I was I was saying this on the ten twelve earlier that if you're gonna watch a game like that at least come out of it with a W because you can kind of feel like there's no winners watching something like that. But at least if you get like the statistic of it being a victory for your team, that makes things a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I said there was only about two times during the game where like, where I actually got excited. It was when we scored our touchdown and it was when Iowa missed the field goal to tie the game at the end. Those are pretty much the only two times where I felt good during the three or four hours that the game was going on. Yeah, so that leads me into the first thing I was going to ask, which is at what points in the game, like, did you ever feel confident throughout the game? Because I know for me, I've seen the ways that Iowa State has lost this game, especially in recent years. And so at any given point, it feels like the most likely outcome of a situation is the worst possible one. And so you're just sitting there and you're like, okay, you know, we we forced a fumble on the one. That's amazing. I can't wait for this to turn into a safety. You know, that's just kind of the thought process for me and I think for a lot of people. So what were kind of your feelings as you were watching this game as far as feeling confident in the outcome? Well, you talked about the fumble at the one yard line taking over at the one. And my mind at that point, I was just thinking, okay, well, safety isn't that bad. It's better than giving up a touchdown because we're only down nine to three. So that was kind of the. You're rationalizing it. It's like, even if that happens, like it's, it's better than what could have happened there. So yeah. But um, as far as my emotions throughout the game of the feeling of our chances of winning, you know, I came into the game thinking, okay, maybe this year will be different. I was not expecting it to be different, but I thought maybe it will be somehow. But then after the first, you know, three minutes, you're like, nope, it's not, yep. it's not any different. It's the same. It's going to be the same. And so I was feeling throughout the game that it was going to end the same way because everything throughout the game had, you know, led to the, feeling that, you know, it's going to be the same result as in past years as well. But then once we scored the touchdown on that 99-yard drive, that's where you start to think in your mind, like, okay, maybe 
it can happen because we we saw what Iowa was doing on offense throughout the game, which was basically nothing. And so then you start, I know I started thinking in my mind, okay, like what would have to go wrong for us to lose now? And I was thinking, okay, blocked punts, which we already have mm-hmm. two. And then, a, you know, a defend, maybe a defender for us will slip and fall and someone will come open for them and they can right. get like an 80 yard touchdown considering it started to rain at the end. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's not the greatest thing that it's raining because they haven't done anything on offense when it's dry. So if it's raining now, maybe one of our defenders will slip and fall or something and they'll have a long touchdown. Those are just some of the things that were going through my mind. And then, you know, at the end, you always have a 20, a rare, like 20 yard penalty to put them in field goal range. And it's just like, Oh, you know, they're going to make the field goal of course. And well, then we're going to go to overtime and we're probably going to lose because that's just how it goes. But you know, luckily they missed. I mean, honestly, I mean, the chances of making a 48 yarder in that kind of rain is probably not real good. But in the moment, you're just thinking like, OK, they're obviously going to make it because that's just how things go. But then obviously they miss and it was it was all good after that. Yeah, no, it's it's really funny because I think we have the dual situation of we are related and so we kind of follow similar thought process as well as the fact that Iowa State fans just we've we've all experienced this before and I hand to my heart we have not talked about this before this show and I was literally just saying we recorded the 10 12 before this show this week and I was saying the exact same thing down to the fact that I had this sinking feeling that like someone would slip and all it would take is one error to give them that opportunity. Because when it's such a low scoring game, it means the margin for error is slimmer. You don't have any cushion. It's one score one way or the other that makes such a big difference. And so it was just crazy to see There were a lot of situations that obviously Iowa State didn't play to the absolute peak of efficiency of what a perfect game would be. I mean, obviously there was turnovers going back and forth and there was opportunities that, you know, you could probably make more of them. But that's the kind of game that Iowa usually thrives in, where you know, they they want to make things kind of ugly and just have confidence that their defense is going to pull through or they're going to be able to make just that, that one play more. It really felt like it was it, – it's so much harder to win those kinds of games because, like you said, that's that seems to be the way that Iowa usually wins, especially against Iowa State. And so for Iowa State to go out there and they didn't have really the opportunity to – dictate how the game looked you know it's not like they were able to unleash an offensive onslaught that Iowa just couldn't keep up with but they kind of beat them at the game that's been so difficult in the past couple years for the Cyclones and so I thought that was really encouraging where it's like you know what it was not pretty there was a lot of times that it would be really easy to get discouraged and to you know not be able to come back from something when there's so many just little aspects that feel like 
are so difficult to overcome, but I was just so thrilled that even in a just a nasty looking game like that, that Iowa State <laughs> could still come out with the win because up until the very last second, you know, after that touchdown, I kind of did the same mental math. I thought, okay, you know, we got we got to do it here. We really got to do something here. Like we got to make this stand. And I was at work. And so I'm sitting there, I'm watching on my phone. I like, I have a fairly independent job. I can kind of do what I need to do. So I'm watching and a coworker comes back and he's like, oh, you've got the game. What's going on? And I told him, and there's 15 seconds left. And he looks and he goes, oh, that's where they are in the field. Oh, so game's pretty much over. Right. And I look at him. I'm like, have you ever watched this game before like absolutely not have you seen the ways that Iowa State has lost this game and as I say it the 20-yard penalty (laughs) is called and goes into play and they're marching down the field and I'm sitting there like holding my breath because the only way I could see it playing out my mind logically I knew that would be a really, really tough field goal to hit. But in my heart, all I knew was how jaded I was and thinking, yeah, that's going to sail through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even when that offside, that play happened, the 20 yard penalty, like I called it when we were lining up. I said, okay, I think that guy's helmet, I think it might have been Anderson. Um, his helmet, I think he's offsides. Like I said it, like when they were lined up, I said, I think he's offside. And then, as soon as they snap the ball, the you can see the ref at the bottom throw the flag. I'm like, yep, he's offside. And so there might have been people watching the game who like got all excited, and when like when we sacked him and strip right. sacked him and recovered the fumble, like I'm guessing there was a lot of Cyclone fans like celebrating. Yeah. But at home, I was like, I didn't celebrate. I'm like, well, it's offside. They're just gonna get five yeah. yards. You you never so, even gave yourself the opportunity yeah, because which you, I'm kind of thankful because it would have felt worse if I had already celebrated. Like, yes, we win. We got the fumble. We got yeah, the fumble. Yeah, because like. I like I had seen that there was a flag, so I didn't fully celebrate, but I still kind of held on to hope because on the phone screen, it's a little harder to see uh, where you think people are lined up. So I wasn't entirely sure what it was. And so as I'm sitting there hearing what they're saying, I like I just my heart dropped further and further into my stomach and oh my gosh that hurt plus like how do you like I'm sorry at that point in the game like you don't even warn the sideline or anything like you jump straight to a 15 yard penalty on top of another penalty like please yeah I mean well I just assumed that uh that there well I thought maybe that there would be offsetting penalties when he said there's two flags I'm like all right sweet it's offsetting I thought that too said yeah that there was a an excessive celebration I mean I feel like you see teams all the time go out there and celebrate like a well, turnover, when you literally win the think game. the game is over and like yeah, i, I get it if you warn people and they don't stop fine but have a little bit of judgment as a referee yeah, like they're not running out that... onto the field and grabbing the football and doing a lap you know they're yeah, on the sideline still i mean i'm sure it's happened before but i don't remember ever seeing a game where a team goes out to celebrate uh you know winning the game and then it turns out there's a flag and then they tack on that celebration of winning the game on right. the flag and then putting them in the field grind. I had just never seen that before, but yeah, it was... I said, well, this might be a new way to lose a game right here. I know. You know, watching the pat the game, the games in years past against Iowa, you know, 
you feel like you've seen every possible way to lose a game. And it's like, oh, well, this will be a new one then. Like, this is, there's going to be a Wikipedia entry about this one. Like, another yeah. thing that's never been done, you know? I mean, even, like, even punting with three minutes to go in the ring, I'm like, all right, we're going to snap it over his head or drop it mm-hmm. or they'll block it or turn it for a touchdown. It's like, I'll just just want to get but you've seen that happen at least you know i mean yeah twice earlier in the game yeah i've seen that happen but But it wouldn't be like the the headline of look at this new and innovative way that someone found to lose a football game having the audacity to celebrate at least we're not you know michigan it went to ben you know michigan against michigan state on the last play fumbling the staff and returning it for a touchdown at least we still would have had some time left but at least at least okay so we've talked about all of the like horrific and disgusting things about this game and that's honestly the majority but you know it's a win uh there was there was some decent plays what did you what did you like that you saw what was what were some of the most impressive things you saw coming out of this game well i think just the most impressive thing is just how they kept battling in the face of adversity um you know, there's so many times during the game where it just look like, all right, it's not going to happen. Like, the, it's going to be the same result. I mean, like we've been saying. And then they came back and battled, you know, getting the fumble on the goal line. Or just, I guess, first of all, you know, fumbling on the goal line ourselves and then, you know, throwing a pick in the end zone and getting two punts blocked and everything that went wrong. could They could have easily probably given up at any point, especially, you know, forcing that fumble down by the goal line. If they get in, it's probably over. So mm-hmm. just battling, even when it looked bad throughout the game, just being able to battle and battle and battle. And, you know, that 99-yard drive right after you get that fumble at the goal line, you know, you backed up at your own goal line and you're able to, you know, QB sneak it out and just get first down and then, you know, convert third down after third down after third down and just the battling in the face of adversity. I think that'll, you know, that was really big in this game, obviously. And then it'll, provide lots of benefits going forward as well yeah i i have the exact same thought where especially the way the game started like you already said it you see iowa come out that their offense couldn't find the end zone with like a gps last week and they're gonna come out and score a touchdown in the first three minutes like yeah all right of course that's that's the way this thing's gonna go and, you know, if, if the team had the same attitude that I know I personally and I think a lot of other Cyclone fans had at that particular minute, the, it, it would have been over because it's just like, you know, we've seen this movie before and you have the added difficulty of almost no one on that roster has played in Kinnick before. And so you have this hostile crowd, you have... You know, the the weight of knowing how this series has gone in recent years hanging over you. You have so many people who are in really new positions this year as far as the team is concerned. And so you have all these things that you can look at and say, well, yeah, that, that probably doesn't bode well for the results of this game. And then on top of that, you have so many things just go wrong and, and not go Iowa State's way in the game, but at every single point. They were able to pick themselves up. You know, when they're showing people on the sideline, people aren't throwing stuff around. You know, they're not getting into arguments. They're not kicking a table over. Like, they're just going back there and they're talking to each other and they're 
figuring it out. And they just always seemed so engaged. They were always prepared for whatever was going to happen because you never know exactly what's going to happen. And so I genuinely could not have been more impressed with the attitude. And like you said, just the resiliency of that team. And, you know, I I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. We're actually going to get to that at the end of this episode, but I feel a lot better about the, the ceiling for this team being a little bit higher. And I think the floor is a little bit higher too, because if it's early in the season and you're having to adjust to all these differences, like I was saying, and then you you just struggle to make those adjustments and you let that get you down, it's a lot harder to build back up from that once you lose a bit of your confidence, once you see things not go your way and it just snowballs. Like when you see hey, look at our stats, you know, I can't believe it. We had a couple interceptions. We lost some fumbles. We had we had punts blocked and we won. We found the way to win in that game. Look at these things. Look at these really, you know, basic aspects of the game that we can try to shore up, that we can really focus on and, and imagine what our potential could be if if we figured those things out, if we just got a little bit better in those aspects of the game. And so I think it is it is exciting to see that and know that you can build so much confidence from winning an ugly game because you say, hey, maybe the next one won't be so ugly. And we won this one. So what could we be capable of if we can yeah. be just a little bit better than that? And, you know... I feel like winning your first close game of the year can be really beneficial because I feel like it can kind of snowball. Like you see with Nebraska, they're on the opposite end where they were just losing every close game. And so if you're Nebraska, you lose a close game again to start the year. And the next time they're in a close game, they lose again. And so for Iowa State starting, you know, winning their first close game of the year, who knows? And hopefully this week, it's not close, but you know, maybe in two weeks against Baylor, it's, you know, if they're down four going to the fourth quarter, then you can draw back on this experience and, you know, say, you know, Hey, we're, we've been in this position before. And so hopefully that can help them, you know, in future close games. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once you've been there before, it all just becomes a little bit easier going forward. So we all know that this obviously was an exciting, exciting win for football, but it has larger implications because not just football plays the sci hot game. Obviously that's the, that's trophy. That's all that fun stuff, but um, you've got the, the wider sci series and that kicked off this week as well as Iowa state and Iowa matched up in volleyball and women's soccer in addition to football. And so we all obviously know what the football outcome was, um, but Iowa state did actually sweep those three matchups this week. So we had Iowa state, um, went and won in volleyball at home with, I believe, the the third largest crowd to ever be at a Iowa State volleyball game, which is amazing because, first of all, like, if you haven't ever gone to watch volleyball live or even watched it on TV, it's it's exciting. You know, it's a lot of action. Um, it, it, it's such a fun sport and you can get really emotionally invested. You know, you can have really long rallies. You have really 
powerful players. So, I mean, I love to see how many people showed up, you know, the pictures, you can just see everyone so engaged and hopefully that turns into more people continuing to support the Iowa State volleyball team, but uh, over 5,000 people there for a volleyball match. So, so awesome. Um, but yeah, so you, you get that win and that's obviously terrific anytime to be Iowa and for volleyball to get that uh, ended up winning in four sets. So didn't even have to take all five. They had, they had a pretty good one there. And, and the one that they dropped was fairly close to. So really exciting there. Iowa state uh, four and four on the season. Haven't started big 12 play yet. Super excited to see where they go. And then the other matchup of the week, Iowa state, played in soccer as well and they won there too you know uh ended up winning two to one both of the goals were scored by the same player the senior jada culver so you know that's the first time that she's ever had two goals in a game so you're getting like some fun stuff for players in i think to have like personal achievements or to set records in these rivalry gate. Like it just, it, it gets so much more amped up because you know, you're always going to have good attendance for it. You're going to have so many more eyes on it. So I just get so excited when I see stuff like that happening. Um, a career high in saves for the goalkeeper, Jordan Silkowitz as well, 12 saves. So very easily could have not gone Iowa state's way with that many good shots on goal stopped. I mean, that's, that's incredible. I know that there was a couple close ones there at the end that she ended up saving. So uh, definitely some close contests this week. Exciting to see all of those go Iowa State's way so far. So Iowa State is off to a 7-0 lead in the Cyhawks series. The rest of the matchups will be either in neutral territory as the cross country and track are based off of their finishes at the... Um, I like the NCAA event. They don't do a duel. That's just not how those things run. And then the rest of the matchups are all in Iowa City. So to take advantage of the ones that were in Ames, hugely, hugely helpful. And then obviously football just brings good vibes to everything else. So a huge shout out to both soccer and volleyball joining the party in beating the Hawks. And we'll get back to it soon with more of the upcoming matchups and we will of course stay on top of all of those so i think i think we're only we only need three more wins to win the series again this year yeah yeah i mean with getting that many it's i believe there's 25 total points and, and it's we're at seven so we're at seven yeah so if we can get to 13 math, 13 which would be three of the non-basketball sports winning yeah Wait, how is basketball i think that's worth two isn't it i, I think football is the only one worth three is and it? the rest are worth two i thought i counted i don't know it's don't know. it's something like that so like three or three or four more wins i guess for sure just three but maybe okay three fewer. okay well i think yeah. three three's probably doable you know Hopefully, you know, hopefully it is. I realized that the last time um, women's basketball played over there a couple years ago was when we were still doing remote. And so it'll be my first time calling a game at Carver this year. Mm, fun. Kind of crazy. 
it'll be nuts. That'll get I I will put money on it right now that that game will be sold out. But I don't even want to get into it because I'll start talking about it way too much and we'll save that for when it's closer because it deserves more time. But uh, I had one other question based off of this past week, which is Saturday. Crazy, crazy day for college football. And, you know, implications reaching beyond it as, you know, Frost got the boot, all that fun stuff. What was your favorite game from Saturday besides the Cyhawk victory, which, uh, which, which variety of craziness was your favorite? <laughs> I mean, I, I loved the Appalachian State game, even though I wasn't watching it that closely because it was on at pretty much the same time as the yeah. Iowa State game. So I just kind of was following it, but you know, just an upset like that. And, you know, and then college game is going there this week. That's pretty cool for them. So I really enjoyed seeing that. And, I mean, everybody just always talks about how great the SEC is, and so just, I don't know, it's just kind of nice sometimes to see them, see them get upset. Like it, it can happen to anybody basically. And you know, Texas A&M, they've had all the top recruiting classes recently, and you know, they had all the NIL stuff this past year, all the controversy of you know, buying the best recruiting class ever, and so to see Appalachian State go in there and win was kind of funny, and get you no know, million and a half dollars to go with it. Yes. And then, um, also, I watched the Baylor BYU game. That was exciting too at night. So I tried to stay awake. I got home. I was at a friend's till midnight. I get home, and I I would have been watching the end when it gets into overtime and beyond. I was I was gone. Uh, I did not see the end of it, but pretty crazy but yeah i love i love a good fun belt upset uh i certainly i even more than like the actual game itself i just love being able to watch people celebrations after stuff like that when people are running through the streets and swimming in that what must be absolutely disgusting duck pond like i would never well i can't say never uh, there's there's few instances in which I would do I would be jumping into Lake Laverne, but there are instances in which I would. But I just I love to see people feeling that much joy. Like how could you not love it? I hope that I hope that we get some more some more shirts out of it. Homefield, give me a duck pond swim shirt. That's not a lot to go off of. I understand, but I believe in you guys because. Homefield Apparel has the you like that transition? That was pretty good, right? Homefield Apparel has the most comfortable vintage college athletic gear. They have most every school you could ever be looking for, including, yes, Appalachian State. I'm looking at the collection right now. It's good, like every other collection they have ever created. Uh I think my favorite is sold out right now, which just says, welcome to the rock. I love it. Like just concise. You got to kind of know it to know it, but huge, huge fan of that. In addition, home field has every team in the current big 12, every team in the future big 12. Of course they have Iowa state. They just came out with a brand new Iowa state shirt. I love it. Um, I'm really struggling because 
as I've been building this cart, they just keep coming out with stuff that I want. And um, at this point, like it's really, really getting uh, excessive. So I'm gonna have to go through, do a little purge, think about, okay, Jamie, what do you really want? Uh, I know that Eric loves the Youngstown State, the Penguins merchandise. They've got the golfing penguin. They've got, I mean, if you have a team that you cheer for, they've probably got something for that. If you just like kind of goofy, kitschy, vintage stuff, they've got a billion options as far as that goes. And they are all so comfortable. They are all really high quality. They run a little bit on the long side. So if you're tall, like the Steyer family is, it's probably going to have a better chance of fitting you than a lot of college apparel. And if you're short, well, you can roll it up or hem it. Like I, I believe in you. It'll, it'll be fine. I promise. Let us have this one, but homefield apparel, homefield If you use code cyclone singular, no S on the end cyclone 12, one, two, that's going to get you 15% off your first purchase and take advantage of the discount on that first purchase. Because Look, I hate to be the one to tell you this. You're not going to have just one purchase. You're going to keep coming back because they're going to keep putting out more stuff. You're going to keep seeing more stuff. And it's just going to be an addiction like the rest of us. Sorry, not sorry. Homefieldapparel.com. Use code Cyclone12 for 15% off your first order. All right. Eric, this week we've got Ohio, which... Neither of us have ties to that I know of. You know, we're from Toledo. We're just at Ohio State. But my uh, my good friend Noah Wolf, my broadcast partner for women's basketball, is an Ohio grad. If I were someone who thought ahead, I would have asked him for like a cool fun fact or something I could throw on the show about Ohio. I didn't do that. So I'm just going to put it out there that he's an Ohio grad and I'll tweet him about it or something um, and see if he's really conflicted. But I didn't I didn't do the proper work. I was thinking more about Iowa. But hey, I uh, I looked I looked at it and I did do enough prep work to like kind of see what the lay of the land is for them. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> they've got a they've got a quarterback that was on the golden arm award 2022 watch list uh i don't know that that is super selective i think there was like over 75 people on the list so you know it it's something uh he's he's not incompetent so that's (laughs) i mean he had a good first game yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to say it, and I am going to say it. Like, it'll be a step up from what we saw this past week. Uh, you know, is what it is. Moving on. Um, but, yeah, they've they've had kind of differing games between the first two because you start out against Florida Atlantic, uh, not – probably on on a super similar level to the big 12 came out of there with a 41 38 win at home and then went and got got beat pretty bad by penn state 46 to 10 but uh with any luck shouldn't be super super stiff competition but at this point like i really don't think you want someone who's just going to completely roll over like 
give me something to work with. Give me something to practice, but at the same time, let us do what we need to, to get prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is like the perfect kind of opponent for a week like this. Mm -hmm. Where you, you can run things, you know, you're, you're not playing a, playing a middle school team. They're, they're not just going to completely give you whatever you want. You're not going to be running a scrimmage against no one, but you, you don't probably have to worry too much about them affecting your game plan, which brings me to, if we think that we're probably going to be able to kind of dictate how the game goes, which looking at the numbers should be the case. What do you think Iowa state should be focusing on this week to be best prepared for entering conference play in week four? Special teams, I mean, punt, punt, you know, blocking, mm -hmm. um, you know, punt. I mean, I don't know what, what, how do you even say it? Punt blocking, punt cover. Just make sure punts don't get blocked. I mean, you have two of them. Blocking of them for punting block, plays. Yeah, 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 blocking for punting. I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some term for it that I'm slipping my mind right now. But you know, the just keeping keeping the defense from, you know, just running back there and blocking the punt. I mean, it seemed like with Iowa State, it just seemed like they weren't lined up super far back when they were punting. It seemed like he was fairly close to the line of scrimmage and they did the, you know, the thing where they're kind of lined up off center. I don't know enough mm -hmm. about special teams really to know the purpose behind all that kind of stuff and, you know, how you decide how far back to line up and things like that. But, you know, I just, I'd like to see it'd be a little cleaner this game, you know, hopefully you're not punting very often, but uh, I feel like you could use some practice and then the field goal, we made it, but it wasn't the prettiest against Iowa. So maybe just clean that up a little bit, but that's, you know, the things that I kind of want to see worked on. And then obviously just the, the offensive defense, just you want to play a, just a nice, clean, crisp game, you know, in a game like this, just try to limit the mistakes had three turnovers against Iowa, try to limit those in this game, you know, make good decisions, throwing the ball and, you know, protect the ball and run it. And, you know, on defense, just you know, trying to continue what you did against Iowa. You know, it's probably a, it's a much different offense Ohio is than Iowa, but trying to continue the momentum that you have coming out of the Iowa game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's some things that you can look at that you've done pretty well. There's some things you definitely want to shore up. Um, all the things you said. And then for me, I really would like to see a little bit more separation beyond the number one option for both receiving and for rushing. Um, there, there just hasn't been a whole lot there. And part of that, I do acknowledge in, um, in the one case is because it really looked like in game one that Norton was going to be a really, really great option. And so for him to be hurt is not ideal there. Um, but it, you just have to know that, okay, Xavier Hutchinson far and away, number one there, Gerald Brock far and away, number one there. Like who's your next best option? Like, you have to have someone else that you feel fairly confident you can get something out of them. Even if it's not the same person in every situation, like that's obviously fine, but you have to know, okay, we've got first and goal or we've got 
third and goal and we've got a yard and a half like they're covering up Brock who are we going to like I I just would really like to see a little bit more separation beyond the number one as well as that would probably help to keep those number one guys healthy because you have to be healthy going in against Baylor. Um, you can't afford to put them into any poor positions. It it just is what it is. Like you, I've said this every game, you can't control injuries, but if you can use it as a positive for your team to figure some things out about yourself, as well as taking some of the pressure and some of the attention and, and danger off of your number one options, I think that that's just like, very much a win-win situation there. So I would love to see someone else really pop off. Like I, I have my suspicions that I think Jalen Knowles a, a really good option there based on the fact that, you know, he was pretty hyped up. Haven't really seen a whole lot out of him, either on the good or bad side yet. Um, so I would really like to see maybe him separate a little bit there, but uh, there just needs to be, I think, a little bit more of a conscious effort to figure that out now, because otherwise you're going to have to kind of figure it out on the fly. So if you have the opportunity to have it where it doesn't matter that much, if someone drops a couple passes or, you know, fumbles the ball or something like that, like, I think that would be certainly a, a good opportunity to take advantage of. So with all of that, uh, we want to improve special teams. We want to see some people separate themselves besides winning again, same question as week one. Let's assume that we win the game. What beyond that makes this game a success? I think right now all the fans are excited. You know, the team's probably excited, you know, players and coaches, you know, to be two, two and oh for the first time in a while. I think you just want to be able to carry the, you know, the positive feelings and, excitement into conference play the best that you can whatever that looks like and so obviously you don't want to lose obviously losing would deflate that but um i don't have a certain number in mind in terms of like how much you want to win by it but it's kind of something where you just kind of know it when you see it like you just want to come out of the game you know feeling good about yourself going into conference play whether that's i don't know just being efficient and running the ball and you know winning 24 to 10 or whatever, or if it's, you know, lighting him up and winning, you know, 45 to three. I mean, just what you just want to continue the positive momentum that you have right now in the conference play so that, you know, Iowa State struggled in conference play. So, or at least in the first game, I mean, they've struggled in the first game of conference play. So you want to build on the momentum that you have right now into that first game against Baylor. Absolutely. So I, I didn't think I had like a really definitive answer. And as you started talking, I realized I have one really, really specific answer. And it's kind of because of the implications behind it. And that answer is, as ridiculous as it sounds, I think it's a success if we get to see Rocco complete a pass. Like he got robbed of a couple good ones in week one. And everyone was so excited to see how great those passes looked. And beyond that, it means that Iowa State has built up enough of a lead. You know, hopefully. There's other situations in which he would be in there, but we're not even yeah. getting into that. Yeah. It means that Iowa State 
probably built up a lead significant enough for him to be in the game and with luck enough to run a couple plays and get something going. And so I just think that Iowa State loves to see those guys compete and especially the way that his couple really, really good looking passes happened in that week one. I just think everyone would be really excited. The players, the coaches, and of course the fans would be thrilled to have him go in there and do something. So I think if he gets in there, he gets to complete a pass. It means he's in there. It means other backups are in there. And that's like, that's just good vibes all around, you know, to know that there's other capable people on that squad to have people go in there and have an opportunity to contribute, even if it's in a blowout win, uh, I think it just really gets everyone excited and it means that those starters got a little bit of rest. So that is that is the very specific thing that I didn't realize I was going to be looking for, but that's what I'm really hoping for. Um, the last question I was going to ask, I'm scratching. I don't even want to get into it until next week. I was going to talk a little bit about how we feel about the season after we've seen a couple games. I want to see one more. This past week was so bizarre and week one is week one. So we were just talking about on the 10, 12 as well. Like at week two, you can start maybe seeing a pattern here or there week three there's some things that you could feel a little bit more sure about. And so next week we'll talk about how we're feeling and what we kind of expect going into the big 12 season. But unless you have any, any really uh, passionate points you'd like to make after game two, I'm going to go ahead and table that till next week. I mean, I just, I do think it it's kind of interesting where this year, you know, you're two and oh, the first game you win um, 42 to 10, obviously you know, a comfortable victory, and then you beat Iowa in Iowa City, and you have you look at the AP poll and you have four votes. And then when you think back to last year, mm-hmm. um, you know you struggled to beat Northern Iowa in Game One, and then you lose to Iowa at home in Ames, and yet you're still ranked 14th in Week Three. It's just <sighs> kind of weird. Like, it just kind of shows you how the preseason expectations are still you know influencing all the rankings and things like that so it goes so you know, far next into week, the season yeah i mean next week yeah i guess you're right you should have a better feel for teams but it's still pretty early yeah yeah we talk about this with basketball sometimes where like it, it just seems like it can really color the entirety of your season what people think about you before you even you know play a second of a game but yeah, I'll be really interesting to see kind of where those there's those thoughts lie and votes and things like that, depending on what happens this coming week. Uh, certainly, certainly an interesting position for Iowa State to be in. Been been too long since they started off the season three and So fingers crossed they do what needs to be done, get it done next week, and we'll just kind of see where we land heading into Big Twelve play. I'm excited. Things are already looking so crazy. You've got Kansas beat in West Virginia, and you've got you know. There's there's nothing really much crazier than that. The Big Twelve, if 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 we're being real, like what? Texas almost beating Alabama. Texas, I guess, yeah, that's that's kind of up there. That was pretty shocking as well. But yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting, you know, if the rest of the year lives up even to the fifty percent, like twenty five percent of the craziness of that one particular day. It'll be it'll be a crazy one. But I'm excited mm-hmm. to see where it goes. Yep. Okay, Eric, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. This was, as always, of course, a blast. Like, after a win, it's 
always fun, but especially a Cyhawk victory, uh, it just it hits a little bit different. But thank you, as always, for all of your insights. I very much appreciate it. I know all of our listeners very much appreciate it. And folks, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your patience as we had kind of shifted our release times, as we moved to a new platform with the 1012. So excited to now be a part of Sports Drink. I know that they're working on all kind of the back end stuff. We're going to get a cool little page if I ever get a headshot and write up my bio. Sorry, I'll do that, Philip. Um, but I, I'm so excited. They have so many really great shows over there. Obviously, the rest of the 1012 Network has all of the information you could ever want about most of the Big 12 teams. Got a bunch of other really great shows there. Um, and then for us, hey, if this uh, 40-ish, maybe more, we ran a little bit long. We were celebrating. Uh, if that is not enough time, not enough of our thoughts for you, um, you can get more from at least me. On Twitter, you can find me there and on pretty much every social media platform at jsteyz, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. And um, Eric, I know we're we're still working on, on getting that social media presence ramped up. I know like some people just want to live in the present, like not be attached to their devices. I could never respect to you. But if people want to find you for the uh, special occasions that you do tweet, where would they find you? At Eric Steyer. E-R-I-C-S-T-E-Y-E-R. That'll be in our episode description. As always, you can find the podcast at Cyclone Fam Pod. Odds are, if you're listening, you probably know that anyway. And also follow our 1012 Network at 1012 Network. That's going to have information about our show, all the other shows, the flagship show that I'm a part of. All that good stuff. Oh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week, for tuning in every week. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about hopefully a victory off of Ohio and going into the Big 12 season. I'm sure we will have plenty of exciting stuff to cover then but in the meantime as always i am jamie steyer johnson alongside eric steyer thanks for listening talk to you next week